Yup. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, it's uh it's Citizen Hank, the a King of the Hill discussion podcast on the Orange Groves Network. You're already laughing. <laughs> I forgot I forgot that the show was called Citizen Hank and it's amazing. It's that was so amazing. That's what King of the Hill is being considered to be called, so that's why I went with it. Um, it's it's me, Jory. This this week, this episode, I believe this first season of episodes is just all gonna drop at once. So I don't know what I'm oh, saying this week. Binge worthy. This, yeah, it's it's binge worthy because it's a a t- fucking 22 year old show. So <laughs> still good. Still still so the I, best I, animated show you can watch anywhere probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel a little a little silly. Uh, like quarantining the content. At least for the first season, because you can catch it in syndication and all this other stuff pretty easily. And I'm, I'm. If you if you don't recognize the voice, how could you? It's it's a guy who I've never even talked to in my life. I don't talk to him weekly about uh, man child sweaty men touching each other. Sweaty women too. <laughs> that just, oh that sounds like we're weirdos. We are. <laughs> we are. Uh, it's I'm I'm joined by my my pal Cameron from the Casual Wrestling Fan Podcast. Hey, King of the Hill fans! Hey, Casual King of the Hill fans! Well, hardcore, you're listening to Citizen Hank. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and uh, this this episode that we're going to be talking about is the fifth episode of season one called Luan's Saga. Uh, and we 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 start we start off with. An incredible joke. <laughs> I just, I, I love, I love Bobby running in. <laughs> Mom, my battery's died from a Game Boy. I have to get on the Nintendo right now. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Um, what, what Nintendo does, does Bobby have? He has an NES, right? It's. 97? You never see it in the show at any point. 97 I'm willing to I think he probably has either an NES or a Super Nintendo there's no he got one or the other and then his parents probably don't want to upgrade to an N64 because like it plays the same games doesn't it why are we gonna buy a whole new device Hank Hank wouldn't even buy a Super Nintendo Hank because because later on in the show I know for a fact that there's something that looks like a PlayStation so maybe he bought him the PlayStation because like well it plays those CD games but if he's saying I need to get on the Nintendo quick here, here's my prediction. It's an NES, but it's also a top-loader NES, because that was cheaper, because it wasn't sold in the Power uh, Deck bundle. Hmm, and yeah. it's like it's like $50 cheaper, and he bought him <laughs> that with Super Mario Bros. 3. That's all Bobby has. And he only he plays probably- Tetris on the Game Boy, so I mean, that's, that's Bobby Hill's video gaming life. Yeah. This is what we do on the wrestling podcast. This is what we do here on Citizen Hank. What do these people play? We need to know. There's. I wish I could remember the episode, but there is. He does have a PlayStation. Yeah. At some point, because in a later episode, they're standing in the alley, and Hank's like, he was playing this Tomb Raider game, or you're Mm. a girl. And there's no way Bobby has a Sega Saturn. Yeah, absolutely not. And (laughs) the episode where. Um. Him and Connie do wrestling. They're playing. They're holding like Dual Shocks. It's weird that I remember this, but I'm this obsessed with video games. They're holding Dual Shocks. 
Because they're playing the wrestling video game. They're de- and they're also definitely playing the WWF Arcade Fighter. <laughs> and it, it's this uh, this opening sequence in this episode is the first time they uh, they mention and introduce series uh, celebrity regular Chuck Mangione, the famous French horn player. This is the first time. Okay. And he is a real person. I don't know if you've... It's one of those things where in King of the Hill, a lot of the stuff you find out is real. Chuck Mangione is a real person. And that Feel So Good song is a real song. And it's like his his best-selling album. Where is Mangione when you compare him to Kenny G? Like, is Mangione, like, a B-lister and Kenny G's an A-lister? Or, or do, do we uh, know this? I, I'd, I'd say so. But also, uh, Chuck Mangione isn't like he—he's—he's he's in that safe B-list territory where he's like he has his niche and he fulfills it, but he doesn't get made fun of. Like Kenny G is kind of a, like a joke in a way. Yeah, like, he's a talented man, whatever. But if you watch like old pop culture stuff, he gets made fun of a lot. Yeah, I—I I have a specific memory of watching like. I love the 90s or something like that, and some celebrity talking about how Kenny G is dumb. God, I love those shows. They're so uh, fucking bad. Uh, side thing from, from from King of the Hill right now. We need to do that. We need to do I love the 2000s. I love the 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 10s or whatever you'd call it. Here's the thing. I remember watching, like, it was, they were on, like, VH1, right? Yep. I remember watching VH1 in, like, 2008, and they were doing an I Love the 2000s. So, like, remember five years ago, 2003? Whoa. 2008? Remember, like, eight months ago when Halo 3 came out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. The, the the actual start of this episode really is Hank going walking by, being angry that Bobby is doing the weird, like easy listening workout J- jazzercising kind of that's, you- that, that's that's i think that's what it's uh it's parodying but i i don't know who's uh working out to chuck mangione ever that's so <laughs> funny now that I, yeah holy crap that's really funny um and there's also that great joke of uh <laughs> we going just two more aunt peggy all right, all right, guys, five more. I thought you said two more. You can't predict this tape. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, and you, you just—I've learned you can't yeah. predict it. Yeah, <laughs> I've tried. Trust me, Aunt Peggy. It's like what? What? <laughs> oh, Lou Ann. Uh, and H- Hank is uh, in in his den where Lou Ann stays, trying to just trying to find something, and he he says he says something that i think it's the most me and you will ever relate to hank hill says he likes to go into his den and look at his things holy that's exactly what i thought while watching this that is because i so often just come into my bedroom and look at my stuff on my bookshelf and on my walls i never play any of those games and how do you interact with a new day funko pop set you don't but i look at them and i'm happy I get it, Hank. 
I say this as I'm, I'm looking around my desk. I have a Hank the Pigeon plush, the mascot for my favorite band. I have a box of Mario cereal that's expired that I didn't even eat because it doesn't taste very good. And a bunch of Liar. bottles of Crystal Pepsi. Some are empty, some are full. Yeah. <laughs> what am I ever going to do with this four-foot-tall Sonic plushie that's on top of my bookshelf? Nothing. He just sits there with a North Dakota State University hat on. That's <laughs> That's it. I think you, you can say you're the only person with a North Dakota State University hat on top of Sonic. Yeah, and he only wears it because Sonic is a huge Carson Wentz fan. Just in case anyone was wondering. And I, I like, I like how when when he's in the den, Luann's just trying to guess what he's looking for because he's because really what 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 it, what it seems like is Hank Hank is just like looking to be pissed off. Yes. <laughs> He's got that kind of like, uh, uh, what? Oh, uh, what are you? Uh, what is this? Like, he's not really like. He didn't need anything from there. He just messed something up in the garage, and now he's like coming in to be like, I need this thing. Oh, you know, he stubbed his toe, and he's just mad. And Luann trying to go like, it, what about this? Like holding up a record for him, and he's like, that's not how it works. It's so funny. <laughs> And the great uh, misdirects with King of Hill, she pulls his, like, just a random toolbox, because he just has them lying around the house, and he's like, no, I just, what did I just tell you? Oh, wait, that could use some reorganizing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he goes, he, he goes sitting out in the, the alley complaining about uh, her, her and not having his den when her boyfriend Buckley arrives and drives through their yard on his motorcycle and picks her up, <coughs> Hank, being excited that she she's she's leaving the house for a little bit, uh, gets gets his hopes crushed when they drive maybe like twenty feet off, and they start talking and then she gets off crying, <laughs> runs back into the house, yeah. <laughs> And she she's just endlessly crying, like and and Peggy Peggy's just letting her, uh, just endlessly cry at at minor shit that makes her think of him. Like they're sitting at dinner, and he he's trying to he, like he comes in. He's like, I almost died at work today, and she's like, shh, shh, just just let her just let her work it out, and she starts crying over fish sticks. Yeah, she, I I always think when I see this episode, like she's gonna say. Oh, those were Buckley's favorite or something like that. But she just looks at the fish sticks and starts crying. <laughs> there's there's nothing to it. Yeah, that's that's what the uh um what you'd expect at the usual joke to be. The, their their interactions kind of lead into what the uh I feel is kind of the arc in this episode is Luann's acting overly emotional because she's 19 and just she's a dumb girl who just lost her boyfriend so she's like that's just what you do when you're a teenager still yeah and Hank is incredibly uncomfortable with that but at the same time even starting from the beginning Hank is being overly emotional when it comes to dealing with Luann even though he won't admit it so he's being incredibly hypocritical and insensitive yeah if she's being overly emotional he's being very like why doesn't she just get over it 
Sorry, everybody, for the horrible Hank voice you're going to have to listen to every time I am a potential guest on this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's good. At least, you, as long as you're, like, trying, I usually don't have an issue. Okay. It's either half-assing it or when people are really bad, but they insist they're good at it. That's that's one of the I oh I know when I'm bad at something. <laughs> Jory, so, you know me. The only good impression I've ever done is Mario sixty four Mario falling to his death. So, <laughs> which I will not do here. Nope, you gotta wait for the Mario sixty four recap podcast coming. <laughs> Probably never. <laughs> it's we're, we, Mario sixty four recap show gets made after or yeah around the time Mario sixty five is announced. That's when it will come. Okay. <laughs> Not the 65th Mario game, because it would have been out by now, but the exact title, Mario 65. H- Hank gets upset that uh, sh- that she's just not getting over it, and I, I like I like Peggy's reaction, because uh, it's been like just two, day- two, three days or so, or something like that, and she says, these things take time for as long as she dated him, that's how long it takes for, it'll take for her to get over it. It's like, we've got three weeks of this? <laughs> yeah, that's... adding to like the the ridiculousness of the situation. Yeah, because like... it's the way she's acting is like Luann and Buckley have been together for years. She can't even. She's just crying constantly. But yeah. it's only been three weeks that they've been together. <laughs> when they're when they're laying in bed, she just Peggy just tells him that he needs to say three words. You look pretty. And and that's it, which Hank is incredibly uncomfortable with because <laughs> that's his niece, and also yeah. he doesn't like her it's, her presence. It's it's not it's not. Hold on, I'm going to stop you there. It's not his niece. It's his wife's sister's daughter. Wife's brother's <laughs> brother's daughter. daughter. Excuse me. That's I don't think he ever I've ever heard to heard him refer to ever heard him refer to her. As his niece. I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> Specifically in this episode, he does not say niece. When, when, when a Hank, Hank approaches her, she she just gets gets mad about it. It's like, well, y- you look pretty. Because that's what Peggy told him to do. And she just screams at him like she's just dumped. And then, why aren't you saying anything? Does screaming right in his face. <laughs> Which, H- Hank... Uh, H- Hank is, I-, I think, is in the right for the most part. Like Peggy babying her and just like not not addressing the problem. Really. He also didn't understand what Peggy meant. I think. Yeah. He he really said it at a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it's one of those things where if. If you want to cheer someone up, you can tell they're having a down day. You say something pretty innocuous or just, like, a nice thing versus, like, if if someone stumbles into a store and they're, like, shuffling in their pajamas, head down, you're like, look who's all dressed up today. Ha ha ha. That's just going to make them feel worse. Yeah. So if someone's crying with their makeup running and everything, don't go, you look pretty. Like, (laughs) that's bad. That's a stupid thing to do. She, uh, it, H- Hank proceeds to just talk about how he didn't like Buckley, which, I don't know, I, I th- throughout the course of their relationship, you don't ever really see Buckley do anything nice? Yeah, there's something later in this episode that sets the tone for Buckley's existence for the rest of the series. It's very <laughs> funny. 
<laughs> and they they uh H- Hank Hank gives her his advice, which is just you swallow your emotions, you you force it down there. And when she does, it's like, are you supposed to feel pain below your rib? Of course, <laughs> that's that means it's working. And then you just take that pain and you push it down. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I wish this actually worked. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. But also, uh, <laughs> screaming, crying, to the point where you're like, it's it's a it's an audio thing that I didn't I didn't pick up until I watched it today. Is when they're laying in bed, she's like snoring and crying. yes, yes, <laughs> she's sleeping and crying. She's I didn't like pick that up until sobbing. I watched it today. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, bottling up your emotions is not going to work, but I think also screaming and crying is not going to work either. Yeah, and that's what, uh, it makes, uh, Peggy gets confused, right, because we we get the the fun thing of Hank, Hank and her eating, eating raw cookie dough and her explaining how terrible of a boyfriend Buckley is, was... (laughs) I, and <laughs> just you'll have I'm sure you're laughing because you just you're thinking of because she's like he's like this is almost as good as ice cream like you know they make ice cream with cookie dough already in it <laughs> damn sister get my keys that's <laughs> that's so funny that and um before before he mentions the 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 cookie dough um he she, Luann says um. And how come boys with braces always want a French kiss? And Hank just looks blankly like, uh, like that's Hank being confronted with things that make him uncomfortable will never not put a smile on my face. It's so funny. He has no clue what she's talking about. Doesn't care. <laughs> that's that's what makes this show so good because that's most of what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, Pe- Peggy does doesn't seem to really like their bonding because she, it's not her process. I think this is one of the early signs of Peggy being like, "We got to we got to do stuff my way." Before yeah, it became like an overblown character trope, where Peggy is more upset about them not doing it the way she thinks it's supposed to be done and everything. And uh, when when she's doing that, Hank is just. She just keeps telling her, "You look pretty." She's like, "Oh well, thanks, Hank. I don't, I, I just, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but, but thank you. But as we we're talking about, you look pretty. Well, <laughs> well, thank you, Hank. But you, you I'm look trying to say, pretty. <laughs> She's so distracted by it. The a- after what would normally be a commercial break, which if you're watching on Hulu, you, you, you maybe don't, because I, I always forget that there's a plan of Hulu that doesn't. That has commercial and that doesn't have commercial. Yeah, that's the one I have. <laughs> the one that does or doesn't. It doesn't have commercials. Oh, nice. Yeah, living the high life. I hate commercials so much, Jory. I hate them, except for commercials that help me. Never mind. That help the podcast. Yeah, that help anyway, the orangegroves.com. Sponsor. This podcast brought to you by Strickland Not- Propane. <laughs> Taste the meat. Not the heat. Sugarfoot's barbecue. Don't pay attention to what's going on in the back office. <laughs> Those bumpers from Adult Swim were very good. Yes, they were. 
<laughs> that's very excellent. I forgot about this. Uh, a- after the commercial break, it it's uh it shows Hank, Hank Peggy, Lu- uh, Luann, Bill, Boomhauer, Dale, and Nancy all going to a saloon to have like a square dancing night. Because uh, Hank promised to find Luann a boyfriend, and there he's gonna find her uh, a good old country boy who loves his mama and respects respects people and is and is was raised right. And there's a he he doesn't tell Peggy of the plan or anything, but they're uh, talk talking to Bill Boomhauer Dale, and they're like, so what what kind of what kind of men does she like and. He he thinks, and this is this is something I'm not sure if it's I mean, I've noticed just because I've watched so much or you thought about it seeing this sequence, but seeing into people's like an inner thought like that isn't something they really give us too often in King the Hill. It's kind of like an early series thing that they did for the most part, where a lot of the visuals are grounded in reality that they've done, except for this sequence and then one a little bit later. Where he's like imagining all the different boyfriends she's had. Yeah, yeah and the, at the end, the dude with the black flag T-shirt on smashing his head against a tree—that's <laughs> the best one. <laughs> and what, what's what's fun to think about is, is if we've we've seen Buckley, so we can believe that that's probably how they were. But also, it could be just Hank's interpretation of young hooligans that come to date his niece. <laughs> He doesn't have a very good worldview as it is. Hank is very yeah. much one of those guys that's like, oh, this generation coming up now, they're so troubled. So <laughs> he's got to he's got to find the right guy for Luann. Uh, Dale, in fact, is going to find uh, a man with a round muscular butt, and then <laughs> and then does the thinking man chin rub. <laughs> making Hank incredibly uncomfortable yeah. and the, the the payoff with that is later when they're in the saloon he's in the bathroom at the urinal trough thing yeah. that just exists in Texas and at sports stadiums which is that's terrifying that shouldn't be that have you seen one of those in Texas? I had not but I, I, I assume that it's just a Texas regular thing okay yeah but I, I usually sort of associate them with like stadiums and sports stuff Sports bars, yeah, and they're they're terrifying. Um, where there, there's a guy standing there, and he like leans back and checks him out, and just like, "You look like a regular guy." <laughs> <laughs> One of the best parts of the episode. Um, <laughs> the guy's eyes widen. This is so also the, f- the first episode where we uh, see Bill being madly in love with Peggy. And being attracted to her. It is, yeah. how like How nervous he gets when uh, Hank asks her to dance, asks him to dance with her, to keep her distracted while he goes boy hunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't become as sweaty as Bill Dotrieve does around Peggy Hill, um, when you're around someone that you like... I'm glad you added that in. I, so I, was, I, I was about to cry there. It's like, I, I don't want to be around Peggy. <laughs> no, it, if you don't become that sweaty around someone that you like, something wrong with you. <laughs> this is the most I've ever related to Bill Dotrieve before. <laughs> so, well, while they're while they're dancing, uh, 
Dale sells Nancy to uh, John Redcorn for a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) (laughs) And... But uh, what what grabs grabs Hank's attention is uh, a large belt buckle flash in his eyes, and he sees a strong, strongly built young adult man with with American flag set up, get up, and he knows he just knows that uh, the, that this boy is the one who's right for his niece, and. Uh, Talk, he talks to her and he, he he answers all the all the questions right like you love your mama you play football he's an all-american I don't know what all-american is supposed to mean is that like I don't know sports at at like this thing is all-american kind of like it's I'm like all, all-star okay yeah that's that's kind of what I thought but I also wasn't sure if it was a Texas centric thing because of how much they love high school football there. They do it in they do it in most states, but um, is it similar to like all state stuff like that? I imagine it's more like a national kind of way. Yeah, but then they state. then they have the best out of like you know per state. I'm not I I never paid a whole ton of attention to um, how co- high school does it, but in college they do like by conference. So like there's the best players from every position in like the Pac-12, and then maybe like the running back for UCLA is the best running back so that he's an all-American. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure they just do the same thing in high school. Okay. That that would make sense. Also, I live in South Dakota where uh we're ignored by the rest of the country. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he just he, he immediately sets her up sets him up with Luann and Hank dances with Peggy, and they head home. Uh, and and Buckley shows up while they're sitting there, and he's he's on his <laughs> he's on his motorcycle, shirtless, with a box of chocolates, <laughs> looking like he's he. This <laughs> is a great setup because Hank's telling him to to go away because he he found she found a new boyfriend and doesn't like him anymore. And those box of cho- you can't give her those chocolates. He's like, oh what? No, these are for me for later. Yeah, that's that's it. That's Buckley for the rest of the series, and he's just so nonchalant about it. He's just like, uh, "Oh, the oh these? No, these are mine." Like, <laughs> what? You come back to get your to sweep your ex girlfriend off her feet and bring chocolates, but they're yours. <laughs> he's shirtless, which is which is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a say anything type moment, but. With, with a yeah. dumb asshole. Well, and say anything, it's also a dumb asshole. But, but, but he he's he's not as dumb. <laughs> yeah, close, but pretty, pretty yeah. close. It's supposed to be a say anything like romantic moment. But if, if even if like Luann is the one who ran into him instead of Hank and Peggy, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, chocolates for me. Oh no, these are mine. <laughs> And uh, Peggy, Peggy is mad at mad at him for driving Buckley off and set, setting Luann up with uh, with someone else. When a car pulls up, and Hank's like, "Huh, Wade must have must have done up his 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 car similar to Boomhauer's." And it's like, "Huh, that's that's weird. That's not that's not too common of a car in the first place." And it's it's Luann getting out of the car with. With Boomhauer, and then give gives him a kiss on the cheek, which 
which terrifies Hank and makes him upset because he's struggling to admit that he cares about Luann. And also Boomhauer is um, terrifying uh, as a as a conquistador of love. It's it, it's really funny because they imply that and like I just I never I guess I never really paid attention until I was watching for this, but the whole time Boobhauer is just incredibly upset by the whole situation. Like he's trying to do a nice thing. Like he saw his his best friend's niece, uh, like get a basically get assaulted by by some dude at a bar that uh, Hank tried to set her up with. Because in her words, he turned into to Mr. Grabby Sam as soon as Hank left, which, I mean, he's a ch- he was a Chad, so. Yeah. Um, Hank, <laughs> Grabby Sam feels like it has to do with, when I, when I heard it, I thought, like, is Grabby Sam, like, something about, like, the federal government taking taxes from you? Like, they're grabbing your money from you? Is that what that is <laughs> supposed to be? I don't know how real that is but when hank that, runs out of the work when he when hank runs out of the house and he goes why is it Boomhauer? oh uh, where's wade i want wade it's like holy shit hank and then you realize like hank wasn't really like he definitely didn't have luann's best interests at heart yeah. when looking for a guy and yeah. he, it was even it, it was like i want her to find someone so she can move out but it then turned into, I'm going to find a guy that I like. Because when he walks up to Luann <laughs> at the bar and says, Oh, Wade's great. He runs the 40 in under five seconds. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? That doesn't matter at all. It's it's like he's basically trying to find the perfect son-in-law for himself. Because that yeah, ex- would kind of be the situation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He just found someone who's good at football. And he's like, oh, he's great. <laughs> and and then the response to he was Mr. Grabby Sam was um no he's not football players know how to treat a lady which is just <laughs> that holds up like that that was a joke in 1997 yeah. about how football players do not know how to treat women and let me tell you 22 <laughs> years later that joke stands up <laughs> horrifically well, one- well, one could say that it's even better now because they didn't have social media back then. So even oh like yeah, the 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 less publicized shit gets out there. Yeah, even like the the smallest possible shit that in 1997 would have been like rumors around the town where the football player lives in that spread on like the internet, and then people go, "Oh, that's not real." Now it's like, the oh. Internet. <laughs> Millions of people have seen it. You can see how many people have seen it on Twitter. You can you you can retweet the the video footage, and then there's fifty thousand internet memes about it yeah. within the first minute. Yeah, it's that joke is that might be the most concrete joke in King of the Hill ever. Yeah, that doesn't and- go anywhere. <laughs> It, it leads to Hank and Luann arguing because he's forbidding her to date Boomhauer because he's, she's like, you're not my daddy. He's like, but, well, I, I am your landlord. <laughs> <laughs> and as your landlord, I forbid you. And Boomhauer is getting, like, upset because he's like, I just, I just gave her a ride home. What's all this, what's all this going on about? <laughs> and he starts, like... Hank is like calling him all these horrifying names. 
about how he's no good and skirt chaser and yeah just being mean to his friend yeah and Luann says she's gonna move in with Boomhauer and even though he doesn't want her to move in (laughs) (laughs) and even though Boomhauer like is pretty stone-faced you still get a sense of it because she's like Luann sitting on his couch she's like oh this sure is bachelory and she's like I, I, this might be moving a little too fast actually I don't know he just like throws a pillow and blanket on the couch and goes back in his room and shuts the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Boomhauer will never give anybody a ride home again yeah <laughs> he thought he was doing something nice and it ended horribly yeah uh, they, they uh th- things things thankfully get resolved because he he, he's getting all worked up about it but hank being being himself doesn't uh doesn't want to admit it but peggy arranges for them to both run into each other at a place called lulie's which is a parody of a of an actual business called lubies which is like it's it's a place in texas that's like a cafeteria Okay. And you get food like you would in, like, a hospital cafeteria, like a school cafeteria, but it's high qual- it's, like, good quality food. Okay. It's, like, an in-between of a buffet and a restaurant, because you go up and grab your food, people hand it to you. <laughs> um... Is it Luby's like a name, or is it Luby's like lubricant? When I first heard about it, I thought it was like Luby's like, like lubricant, and and I, my my brain immediately went to, like how, how fucking Texas can you get that it's a, a restaurant themed around a mechanic shop? Like that's that's where my mind went when I heard Luby's is like a mechanic shop themed restaurant. Yeah, because you said. Lubies, and my mind went to Quaker Steak and Lube, mm. um, and that's I think that's supposed to also be like a, a, a car racing mechanic themed restaurant. I don't even know if Quaker Steak and Lube still exists, but um, what I think that's also supposed to like um, double as is um, it, you lube up a car so it runs better. You lube yourself up with greasy food. You know, that's what I think of when I hear it. So that's what I was yeah. wondering if that's supposed to be like lubricant, because that's gross. That so many restaurants could be like, yeah, you gotta lube up your insides with this fried chicken, man. That's good shit. That's gonna you're gonna run like a like a race car, like Jeff Gordon's car, if you ingest this fucking steak, dude. Th- thankfully, it, it is just a name though. L U E Y. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like I like the jokes like look Bobby they've got nine <laughs> kinds of ketchup and three different kinds of cats up. <laughs> What's the difference? Do do you know? I I feel, I feel like that's just like a dumb gag of like how the packaging is. Now I gotta look to see if catsup is a different thing. Someone told me oh, once okay. catsup has more spices in it than ketchup does, and ketchup is more like it's it's less like sugary and like solid like it's more like runny. I don't know if any of this is real at all. Uh, it looks like a regional thing, kind of like if you had a Sega Mega Drive or a Sega Genesis. Okay. Um. 
Well, it's, it, it's ketchup, and then it's the PAL territory version. It's the PAL ketchup. <laughs> but it's, but instead of PAL, it's just Southern. <laughs> oh okay, man! Imagine if, if games were region locked, but by state. Wolfenstein <laughs> wouldn't be able to release in half the country, so. <laughs> and there, there's this, the 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 also the weird thing inside here is like. They, they they go to the station where it's like forks around the world. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of jacked up forks. Yeah, <laughs> like it's I, I get what what I like to think. I it makes me think of just like old timey racism, where like a guy would say, "Oh, this is from the Orient," when he just has like a broken spoon. He's like, "No, <laughs> this is the Chinese spoons." Like I, I I don't imagine I just fit they have like a bunch of fucked up forks and like we'll just, we'll say they're international forks just put them out there yeah yeah I like that for the owner of of Luli's you're doing the Vince McMahon voice like just put the forks out there. <laughs> it's just a good owner voice it's, yeah it's good, good evil owner voice. yeah uh, but H- Hank isn't really up for uh the 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 reunion and talking to them so he's just like just come pick your stuff up and oh we we, we skipped over uh the the gag where he's cleaning out her room the den with a leaf blower yes yeah <laughs> well, hank it's 12 o'clock in the morning and he's just like blowing all of her shit around the room with a leaf blower <laughs> yeah Th- thankfully, everything ends all nice with uh, when Luanne comes back the next day to get her stuff. Hank's had a change of heart, and he cleaned up the room, and all of her stuff is up around there. And they have that nice moment. And then she, and then she cries again. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this episode in my family is known as the Luanne crying episode. And at one point... Um, my mom and my sister rewatched King of the Hill like when it hit Netflix the first time in like 2010 or so, yeah. um, and then my niece rewatched it one summer when she was staying with us, and my mom said that's the Luann crying episode, and my niece was so annoyed by Luann's crying in the first like ten minutes of the episode, less the first like five minutes of the episode, she skipped the whole episode, and I was like, it's it's not that bad, jeez. Um, yeah, and I, I the the ending credit sequence with um with Boomhauer standing in the middle of the street looking at Dale, <laughs> yeah. Bill, and Hank drinking, and then and Dale going, oh, I hate these emotional confrontations," and like Hank's just like, oh, "I guess we better get over with." Boomhauer, want a beer? Yeah, he, <laughs> d- d- yeah, man. He walks over, they just start drinking beer, and then yeah. and then Dale says like, "Oh." That went over so nicely, and it's like, why are they so? Weird? It's it's so funny how like emotionally like sunken all of the characters are in King of the Hill. It, uh, it's it, it's it's really funny to like to to like watch that, but it, it is a good representation of just like how emotionally like repressed old middle aged men are. It can yeah. Be. Yes. <laughs> and the and that's why the that's why the like. The running gag in the in the episode of the, like swallowing the emotions because as emotional things are happening throughout the episode, you can hear Hank, Peggy, Dale going yeah. gulp, gulp, just swallowing the emotions. Yeah. Like it's 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 really funny, and it's I think this episode's like 
its underlying commentary about that is pretty it's pretty solid. I think yeah. otherwise something that I really like about the episode is um when when Peggy is explaining the like the wives tale type like relationship rules like yeah if, if um if they dated 3 weeks it takes her 3 weeks to get over it and you can't mess with the rebound and stuff like that like that stuff is when you hear about that stuff in real life it's pretty dumb it's like mm. no that's not real but some of it is like something that i was taught um was like out of sight out of mind so if you're sad about someone just like forget about it and then you won't be sad about them but if you remember them cuz someone brings them up Maybe you, like, go and, like, look at an old picture of you and them together, and it's like, oh, now I'm sad. So, if it was out of sight, then it would I wouldn't have been sad about it. So, like, some of that stuff's a little real. Yeah. But most, most importantly, um, I gotta praise Mike Judge here. And I'm sure on, on Citizen Hank, that's gonna happen a lot over the course of Citizen Hank's life. Um, if, especially if I'm on it, because I am, like, Mike Judge fan number one. Uh... <laughs> at, he does these weird psychedelic scenes all the time in his work. He did it in Beavis and Butthead Do America. He did it several times throughout Beavis and Butthead. He does it in King of the Hill two, three, four times. Uh, maybe there's a lot in King of the Hill. And yeah. then he does it several, at least twice in um, Silicon Valley where characters like it, they, it's not just like, they're um, in some sort of weird thing. They like learn something from like some weird, you know, psychedelic style like uh, trip with like accompanying artwork. So Peggy is explaining how you don't mess with what you know relationships do, and and then she gets into like you have to trust women because women have gone through all this shit. And they're still strong. And then he's imagining like women, like a like a an Amazon woman in like the jungle, and then like a woman <laughs> belly dancing, and then opening up a a, tr- a a tray, and then on the tray is his head, and like it's <laughs> and there's like two Peggies in front of him, like fading in and out, and it's like there's like a purple sky swirling in the background. It's so weird, but every time Mike Judge does that, that's how you know he 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 was into the episode because. It's just such a mark of of him that characters do this. I think I think um, Office Space might even have something like that too. I might just be imagining that, but hmm. it's it's cool. I like when he does that. He's he's a uh, he's pretty good. Uh, before before we wrap up a little bit, was there anything that we might have missed that you want to mention as a good joke or good bit or any other observations? I think at the International Fork thing. Um, <laughs> Boomhauer walks up to Hank and says, "I, I, I ain't no, I ain't no Woody Allen, man. Dang old, yeah. <laughs> dang old, I ain't no Woody Allen. <laughs> because because he's significantly older than Luann. Yeah, and obviously has no interest in her. Yeah. So, um, the uh, a joke that uh, I really like is at the." Towards the beginning, what you see Hank in his garage, and he can hear Luann crying like in the kitchen. So he like he's just beating his hammer against nothing, to, so he doesn't have to hear it, and then it doesn't work. So he turns on a saw and, <laughs> <laughs> and starts banging on something just to, to cut it out. He, he just puts the saw behind him. He's not even using it. And he just starts yeah. working on the thing he's working on in front of him. 
That's so funny, yeah. Yeah. And then just a little fun piece of trivia is oh. um this episode was written by uh, Paul Lieberstein, who plays Toby on The Office. And one of the co-creators of The Office, Greg Daniels, is a co-creator of King of the Hill. Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> that's ver- I think King of the Hill and The Office probably have a lot of ties, but those are just sort of like... Charlie Charlie Kelly corkboard ties that I've made in my mind. So, oh, imagine imagine Hank Hill and Michael Scott interacting. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> well, uh, hey, hey, Cameron. Hey, Jordan. You're online, right? Uh, what's the internet? I just I just mow my lawn all day. <laughs> the internet is disgusting, Jory. <laughs> I am online. <laughs> I'm on Twitter uh, at Cam Hambone. Uh, you can follow me for uh, maybe not as much King of the Hill, but I I got some King of the Hill in there. But if you like video games and wrestling. And, uh, complaining, general complaining, um, <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of that if you go to at Cam Hambone on Twitter.com and click the follow button. I have a cool new, uh, avatar, thanks to Jory. Yeah. I love that, thank you. Hey Jory, if people like you, where can they get more of you on the internet in form of, in the form of a Twitter feed, or possibly even more content? Well... Uh, I, I have my own Twitter feed, which is at no I'm Jory, which similar content to to Cameron's, but from me instead. So, and also more of it, a lot. <laughs> also more of it because which I is just, better? Because because I have to fill my time with something. I have to pretend people care about what I have to say. <laughs> I try. If uh. <laughs> I, yeah, Tr- try us the word there, K- Cameron. As soon as we get done recording the, our, our wrestling podcast, he's like, "Fuck, dude! I don't know how much more I can do this." <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you like our our social dynamic that we have going on, which is two friends, uh, you can listen to two friends talk about uh, wrestling every week, almost every week, and sometimes multiple times a week if there's something special going on uh it's the casual wrestling fan podcast or cwfp you can follow the podcast on on twitter at at cwfp cast as weekly recaps riffs thoughts and stuff on wwe or sometimes other things because we've talked about uh impact pay-per-views before so and all in and december to dismember we usually have episodes for all the pay-per-views, so if you want to go back and listen to stuff, that's probably going to be the easiest pickup, especially December to Dismember, because it's so far detached, it won't feel dumb watching something you watched recently. Or yeah. or it could be like us, who we're inevitably just going to watch December to Dismember every holiday season for the rest of our lives. I can't wait to have <laughs> a, a wonderful partner, five kids, my parents... Front of the fireplace, big mounted television, kick up my feet on the ottoman, light the fireplace, and turn on December to dismember <laughs> for them to all remember that they don't love me and leave the room. 
<laughs> See, I, I like to, I like to, you, you're like, you, your spouse invites over, like, their siblings or family over, and it's like, so, everyone, I'm glad, I'm glad you're finally coming out here to visit us. We're gonna engage in the good old, good old Jones family tradition around the holidays, and they're like, thinking, oh, we're gonna watch Christmas Story, or Charlie Brown, or maybe Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Cameron's a funny guy, you know, he likes, he probably likes National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. L- that, little, che- yeah. that, that Chevy Chase is so funny, and then you just, <laughs> you, t- you, 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 hit the button on the smart TV to bring up the apps and go to the big ol' fucking W on there. The double W. (laughs) And there's like, oh. Oh no. Oh no. Maybe he'll (laughs) just turn on a Smackdown rerun. Uh, Ricochet just won the world title. Oh jeez. And And then then I click on ECW. (laughs) The bass boosted their ears. Let the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) By the time that's over... The whole room is empty. <laughs> and they've returned your Christmas presents. <laughs> and they're already home. They're on a plane home. They're gone. <laughs> um, if you uh if you like if you like listening to me talk about stuff and you're like, huh, I already listened to Jory and Cameron talk weekly, but I wanna listen to some more stuff. There's my other podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, which is where I watch One Piece with my friend Joe and we talk about it. Uh, not the episodes aren't frequent because watching One Piece is hard, and we also both do tons of podcasts. Joe does like one, two, three, four, five, six. That's that's a lot of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so if you uh, if you like One Piece or have ever been curious about it, we're a good good companion piece to it, and. There's tons of other cool podcasts on the orangegroves.com through the podcast network that this and all those other ones are hosted on. So, uh, <coughs> yeah. Uh, thank, thanks for listening. The ne- if, if you're listening to these out of order, I don't know what the next episode is going to be. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh! I'm Cam. I'm Jory. And we're the hosts of CWFP. The Casual Wrestling Fan Podcast. Your weekly universe-friendly alternative for WWE wrestling recaps, discussion, and riffs from two friends who just love wrestling. And occasionally also New Japan, Impact, and All Elite Thoughts as well. If you're tired of Marks constantly booing a product they <laughs> regularly support and pay for, you can find us hosted on the Orange Groves Network or through your preferred podcasting app. Wait, why won't The Undertaker stop booing the company?